Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And just like that, the season <laughs> is over at the hands of the Brisbane Lions, going down by 16 points in the preliminary final. We were one game away from a grand final. It felt like mm-hmm. it was almost destined to be our year. There were so many fairy tale esque storylines that felt like they were building throughout that season. Ultimately, though, we fell short. It wasn't without a massive fight from the Blues to try and get us over the line, though. It was something definitely <laughs> to be proud of. And we may as well start hot with our last match review of the 2023 season. Lockie, mate, how are you? What was your reaction at that final siren when it came? And, and how did your kind of feelings with through that game and, and how the season ended evolve throughout the weekend? Can't believe it, mate. 26th match review of the season. It's been a long one. Mm. Oh, boy. So many mixed emotions about everything right now. I'm looking forward to getting into it all. Uh, the final sirens. I was, I witnessed this game at Icon Park uh, mm. with the other thousands of supporters, which was just such a great vibe. I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I guess the last few minutes of the game, we knew it was done. Like it, you know, the fight back. Mm. It, you know, it was just became too much. And when that final siren went, it was a standing ovation around Icon Park for the boys. Um, and then I was just ready to get the hell out of there because I didn't want to think too much about it. And honestly, I haven't thought too much about it still. So this is going to be mm. my therapy. Yeah, I'm very keen to to discuss it all because both of us haven't really chatted much about this game at all. We don't nope. know how either is one is feeling <laughs> about this game. We've tried to save it all for the pod. So it's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. the emotions are I was at home, unfortunately wasn't able to get to Icon, but got to watch it with the partner, with my sister, with my grandparents. So it was a nice little family affair there watching it on the TV. First quarter was definitely up and about in the, with the atmosphere that we were trying to bring in. Yeah. I think I was probably similar to you where because of the way the game played out, kind of knew it was going to be a loss in those last few minutes going through it all in my head, trying to process it all. And I probably took the loss way better than I thought I was going to, which is maybe weird going into the game, not ridiculously confident, but still believed we could get it done and that this could be our year that we could have made the grand final. But Mm. there was just an overwhelming feeling of, I guess, from what I just saw, the better team won. We just weren't there. We're just not at that level. We're bloody close. Mm. But yep. we just, we're just not that premiership team just yet. And I think not long after the siren, it was just, I'm just so proud of, of what I saw. It was a crazy season. Felt as yep. if there was about seven different seasons in the one. And even watching the Brownlow medal when they go through each round, it felt like, some of those games happened three years ago. It feels like it's been so long. Mm. Um, your Love feelings it. as they progress throughout the weekend, what were your kind of, I guess, yep. takeaway feelings-wise from that loss? Were you looking at it and reflecting it as maybe that missed opportunity or, or were you much more just trying to take in that season as a whole? <laughs> oh, God. It is so mixed. It sounds like we're on similar pages, though, which mm. is nice. 
for a change. Um, I like I almost feel like I haven't thought about it because this feels like something I need to talk about with my bloody therapist. I'm like <laughs> I, I've I've reacted so well to this loss mm. that, and the season ending that I feel like if I go back and rewatch the game, it's gonna like bring something out and I'm gonna like bloody burst <laughs> into tears or something thinking about what could have been. <laughs> Because, yeah, like, I guess at quarter time, I was sitting there being like, oh, my God, like, we actually could do this. We were just being written off by everyone during the week. Like, it felt like we no one was giving us a real proper chance with everything that was going against us in this game. So, I think in the back of my mind, that was always there. And so, you know, when it didn't happen and when they it were just so dominant in the second and third quarters and we just couldn't bloody do anything. It was kind of like, mm. all right. Yeah. Everything you just said, like they, they are just the ones that deserve to be there. Um, but we are so close. It's funny. You mentioned that weird feeling and that it, it almost, there's that sense of, I'm going to get unzipped if I watch this game again, something's <laughs> going to happen. And all of a sudden, the mental breakdown I'm so happen. calm weirdly and i'm glad someone else is the same because i had a lot of people that i was chatting to carlton supporters they were obviously still proud of everything on reflection but i think the Mm. loss still hit them quite a lot and there was just that disappointment Mm. and i I just felt it so weird that i didn't necessarily get a lot of that like obviously i'm disappointed that we didn't make the grand final but i thought i was going to be so much sadder at it all and and about the loss whereas my emotions were kind of i guess focused on a different thing where i was just i guess a bit more sad that i wasn't ready for the season to end i wasn't ready Mm. to start doing end of season content to look at the draft to look at the trades my brain wasn't there yet and i was kind of annoyed interesting the next day probably on that on that sunday having to start to prepare for this and go, okay, well, I guess who are we looking at? How do we improve? And I start Mm. to get maybe a bit frustrated after the match happened the next day going, I don't want to be here. I want to be looking at this grand final, but it's just so hard not to look back and be proud at what we've done. And yeah, yeah, I think when you, when you just really take the result for what it was, we're just that one half step off being that premiership team. It's interesting you say that. I actually feel like I was a bit the opposite to that reaction where, like you said, I felt like this season is three, well, you know, mm. a whole bunch of seasons in one. It feels like it's been going for years. I almost had this kind of weird relief where it was like, I've just been through so much stress thinking about, you know, the whole build up to getting into the finals, that massive run. We couldn't lose a bloody game if we wanted to get there and then, obviously the emotion of the first two finals wins and being there, it's like, it it just, Carlton has just consumed my life for, for so long that it was like, walking away from Icon Park, it was like, (sighs) I Mm. don't have to think about Collingwood and what that is going to mean for everything over this Mm. next week. Even though I obviously wanted that, there was just this small part of like, Fuck, the season is done. What like it has been an insane, insane ride. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm definitely not ready to like talk about trades and stuff like that. I'm just like, let's just enjoy the fact that yeah. we got there and we played three finals and we played the quarter of our lives in that first mm. as well, which is something to be proud of. Yeah, it's such a weird feeling. You're definitely 
<laughs> we wanted the grand final so bad. We wanted the flag so mm. bad, but there's just been so many emotions building throughout this season, the ups and downs. There was probably, yeah, I think a part in all of us that was like, oh, I can kind of detach now. I don't have to be holding on to everything every single day, but oh, I would have mm. loved it for one more week. But let's start. Let's get yep. into the game. We've, we've got to start where... It was very, very positive to kick things off. It was probably the best start I think we've had definitely all year, but potentially yep. ever <laughs> that I've seen a Carlton team play. <laughs> probably some yeah. of the best football we've seen from this group. We kicked the first five goals away from home, under mm-hmm. the pump. You, you mentioned there so much build-up throughout the week. Didn't believe that Carlton were even a sniff in this nah. game. Went into the quarter. Went into the quarter time break up by twenty three points. I guess. What did you make of that blistering start? Was that something mm. that you expected us to be able to do? And and what were your kind of feelings at quarter time? Were you completely lids off? We're we're winning the flag. It's all <laughs> over. Or were you a little bit more calm down and and realistic? Oh God, there's so much in it. I think I definitely didn't have expectations similar to the first two finals. So. It's not that it wasn't expected. I was just like, I have absolutely no idea how this game is going to start. But mm-hmm. I think it, deep down inside me, I, like I said before, I had this, like, I was like, there's a possibility that Brisbane are going to come out and absolutely thrash us today. And this mm-hmm. is going to be embarrassing. Like, they've had a week off. You know, we've exerted everything to get here. Like, I was preparing myself that, like, this could be bad. So, definitely didn't expect this. Um. Yeah, and I'm so keen to hear from you. Like when about halfway through the quarter, when we'd only kicked a couple of goals, it was like, oh my God, we've dominated so much and we're two goals up. Like I really, really don't hope that, you know, they level this up or we don't take advantage of all the opportunities. So at quarter time, I was like, this is great. This is a really good lead. But again, a part of me was like, God, how well we played. I feel like we could be even further ahead, which would have helped. I definitely had the same feeling of, oh no, is this one of those Carlton games where we dominate but don't put it on the scoreboard? So I was very happy that when we kicked the first five goals, it felt like, okay, we're we're finally doing this, even though weirdly, maybe we still should have had more. But Mm. I guess that's what you think when you know how the game does play out. The the start kind of was the worst thing for me in a way, because when I was building up the game in my head, I thought, okay, if we're any chance in this, if, if this is if this is the game that we win, I think the, the way we get it done, get them early. Jump out of the mm-hmm. gate, kick the first few goals. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three. And then just sort of, because they've had that week off, because they're maybe a little bit sluggish, we've got the momentum, just ride that and keep that lead pretty much throughout the whole game. And when we started yep. to do it, there were definitely feelings of, wow, like the pressure was up. The tackling was there. We were making Brisbane fumble. They couldn't hit a target. We were pouncing on everything. And we still weren't perfect with ball in hand ourselves. So there was definitely another element of, well, okay, everything feels here, except we're still not 100% using it beautifully. And we maybe could add a few more goals. Imagine what happens maybe in the second quarter when we start to continue this. And mm-hmm. so I was definitely very excited. The lid wasn't completely off. I was still yeah. trying to temper the expectations because while we started so well, I knew it was all off the back of pressure. It was off the back of five to one center mm. clearances. And 
you're not going to win the contested battle like that in the clearance battle for most of the game. Brisbane's a good team. They're going to react. It was just kind of how we dealt with that final moment when Brisbane does bring it to you mm. and when they're on top and the momentum swings. That's what I was kind of waiting for. But I definitely thought that, okay, with five of the first goals, we're up by 23 points. They'll come at us at some stage, but surely this is a big enough lead that we can try to hold this to the rest of the rest of the game. Is that kind of how you yeah. saw having just that perfect start for us, that little buffer? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. We're, we're definitely on the same page. And I think and that, like, there was lots of little things that I think a lot of us were looking out for. So like, mm. it was like, how is Harry going to go? He got his his start. What about Charlie? He's got to stand up. He kicked his goal. Like Akers and Doherty, it was like, okay, they don't look like they're 100%, mm. but they're like, they're involved. They're getting through it. Like the back line was standing up. Pido was doing things out of the middle. It was like, oh my God, everything that we kind of wanted to see felt like it was happening. So that's why it just kind of felt like the perfect storm. Um, but yeah. And I have to ask this because I was I was watching at home. I was being able to see the vision of the baggers at the Gabba, which was absolutely electric. It sounded oh, like good. a home final. I, it was insane, the noise so from the Carlton fans. You're at Icon Park, which would have been electric throughout that. What was the atmosphere yeah. like down at Icon? And, and what was kind of your experience being able to watch it in an almost game-like environment, but very, very mm. biased in the best possible way? Definitely. Yeah, no, kudos to the club and, and like how they put it on operationally. Mm. It, it was it was really good. We were wondering, like, are we not going to, like, what if the there's issues with the screens, might not have the is best there a glare? What's going on? Glare. <laughs> the sun was right behind the screens. Like, oh, is this going to set? Um, but no, it was it was perfect. And they need to start doing this for, like, any away mm. games because I would be getting there any time that we played outside of Melbourne. Um, you know, like the the broadcast would cut to fags and big boos go around the crowd, and they cut to Vossi and massive cheers, like <laughs> just the most nuffy energy possible. Like everyone was just so into it. And once we started rolling in the game, it was like, yeah, people were just looking at each other in disbelief. Like, yeah, it was just a good fam vibe. Mm, it was definitely a really fun moment. It didn't, unfortunately, last. Forever, which is probably the really disappointing part to it. Brisbane end up really dominating that second quarter. End up at the main break, trailing by three points. Brisbane got the momentum. They absolutely nullified Aston. Really just took everything that we had done well in that first quarter and just stamped that out. And we never were able to kind of wrestle that momentum back for the rest of the game. It's been Mm. thrown out there by many mainly opposition supporters, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. And those that are watching and listening this, drop it in the comments on YouTube. I'm keen to get everyone's thoughts on this. And if you're listening in podcast form at Navy Blue Corner on whatever social media you interact with us, there's also links in the description. So you don't even have to type anything in, but do you subscribe to this theory, Lockie, that I, with mm. that five goal lead to start the game that we bottled this one? Oh, Bottled is definitely not the word I would use. Like, I don't know how many games we could look at just in this season where a team has an excellent first quarter and then the te- the other team levels it up in the second. Like, that is mm-hmm. feels like just such a common narrative. And it, yeah, it, it happens so often. And, and the big thing for us was 
did anyone really think that Brisbane weren't going to have a run like this in the game at some point? So it was really on us to have more than one dominating passage in, in this game. So I, I, I don't subscribe to that. No, I, I definitely don't. There's an element of it I think is definitely there. It's what made the disappointment, I think, really from this game was that we we put ourselves in a position to win. It's it's obviously only one quarter and clearly this game really shows you that you need to play four quarters of football. You, one is not enough and it's not going to get you the win, mm. particularly in finals, in that crunch time. So to a degree, that's probably yeah. where a lot of the frustration comes from. But I don't think we bottled it because as soon as, like you said, you knew Brisbane were going to bring it at some stage. I was hoping we were able to do what we had done in the other two finals, where when Melbourne or Sydney brought it to us, we were able to get that goal. It seemed like that was probably the most positive highlight from both of those finals, was that we were able to, when we needed to get a goal, we found a way. There was that belief, whatever it was, Mm. we got it done. Whereas this time, we just never really were able to get that going. We maybe had a few opportunities throughout the game to narrow the the margin and swing momentum. We missed a few of them, but it just it never Definitely. felt truly convincing as if, okay, we've swung the momentum back our way. It, it felt like it was always Brisbane, really, from sort of quarter yeah. time onwards. So I don't I don't think we bottled. Yep. I think just the, the better team did beat us really in the end. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, but I think it's a different kind of dis- disappointment. Like if, if we showed, if we had no runs in this whole game and mm. it was a win, like I described earlier, just like a, a 40 point Brisbane win where they just won every quarter by a couple of goals. Like that to me would be sitting here being like, we didn't like rock up. We didn't show any fight. So it doesn't really matter when you have that quarter. I guess mm. actually it does. If that, if we kicked five goals to one in the fourth quarter and lost by this, mm. we'd probably be like, that's a bit lame. But if it happens in the first three quarters, then I think it's that's just part of it. Like mm. we finished fifth on the ladder for a reason. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's so difficult when you don't get that home preliminary final. But the fans 100%. tried their best to make it feel like a home final. We had the start, but I think that when you really watch this game and you try to take it all in, it's just so clear, I think, why we sort of lost this. And it's really, mm-hmm. for me, like the main thing is that we had to win nine out of 10 games to make finals in the yep. first place. It was a grueling run. We had injuries, half the other boys like a cripper. We're having to shoulder the load for the whole midfield to try and get us over the line. Yeah. That was grueling enough. Then you have two massive finals that are incredibly close, playing to the final siren. Like, how long can this run go for? It felt like there totally. was that belief, but so much really just dropped off. The effort indicators, the pressure stats, everything really tapered off as the game got going. And do you, do you think we maybe went too hard too early? Or do you think that that was just a product of the momentum we kind of had going into this game? Do you mean too hard, too early in terms of the season or in terms of just this game? Uh, Just this game based on the the grueling run we had that we sort of spent our tickets early knowing we didn't have maybe the four quarters (sighs) in the bodies. Oh, wow. That is such a hard question. 
I don't think so. I, mm. I think I, I think we had to we had to like you said that felt like our best chance of winning was mm. getting a jump and then trying to hang on. So, um, and I, it felt like the selection as well was a bit like that, like bringing in some mm. of the the runners and like we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to run out this game. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, far out. That's that's what just what prelims are. It is. They're tough, and I want more of them now, but I guess we've got to start to look at on. the negatives. What went wrong in this game? But we're going to do it with a bit of a more, which is very on-brand, an optimistic outlook on this. So, <laughs> Lockie, what okay. for you went, went wrong in this game that saw our season come to an end? Well, one game away from the grand final, I guess. Knowing what went wrong in this one, oh what happened God. and how can we address those issues to make sure that we can go all the way next year? Wow. Wow. Well, wow, wow. the big okay. questions, um, mate, the big questions. Yeah. Far out. I've not got an answer prepared to this. I guess the first thing that comes to mind, like it's the slogan of this whole podcast, I guess, is the way that we are scoring, the way that we go inside mm. 50. Like, People are talking about it. Charlie hasn't didn't have the final series that we hoped for. And obviously, Harry was a bit all over the place too. I think... I don't know how to put this, but I think we need to have a bit more of a solidified way to get goals on the board mm. next year. Because like, as amazing as that first quarter was, how many times was it just bombing it into Harry, Charlie, and Martin kind of flying and it worked mm. a few times but there was a lot of those times where it was like oh this could have been a bit better and we were still getting inside 50s throughout the rest of the game but mm. it just wasn't I don't know it just wasn't as convincing as I would would like yeah I think this game sort of showed all the deficiencies that we've seen throughout the year that at times it didn't look like they were there anymore but this sort of really brought those to the forefront and showed areas that we mm. clearly still need to improve on. And I, I think that was a big one. The, the ball movement, particularly inside 50, still definitely let us down in this game. Yeah. We just struggled to, whether it was creativity, whatever it was, there was a lack of movement inside 50 to, yep. to find those targets like we have seen when we're playing our best. Do you think that an element of that mm. was the, I guess, the lack of a settled forward line throughout this finals hmm. series? We've had Harry come in and out, Jack Martin do the same. We dropped always for this game. I, I want to talk about the changes in a bit more depth yep. later, but do you think maybe not having consistent six or seven guys throughout this final series that we just played throughout it, do you yeah. think a lack of settled cohesion sort of cost us a little bit? It definitely doesn't help. Definitely mm. doesn't help. But yeah, it, it, it's so hard to like, I want to give lots of credit to Brisbane too. Like this is the best yeah. team that we've played. Well, they are, I think mm. they're going to win the flag this week. So they're, they're the best team in the league, arguably. So it's, I want to think back to like, when people say we were at our best at like the Frio Port Adelaide games, when the forward line was just a well-oiled machine, but it's, it, it, you can't compare those two things. Mm. I feel because it's just, it's different opposition and um, 
yeah, I, I think that there's still all season that's been an underlying thing where we could be. It's just an area of improvement. If we mm. if we get better at this, it's going to make a big difference to how many goals we're kicking. Mm. I think so because it's something that's been touched on quite a lot in the media was our reliance on scoring from clearances and mm-hmm. that, which is weird because we started to do really score really well off turnover and, and create more from different avenues. It felt like there was a thing, a lot better movement throughout the season. Ball movement was a lot better. We're finding different ways to score. It was almost as if you take yep. one area away from us, we find another way to adapt. But this game, we sort of failed to do that. And I think that is, that's the clear area where mm. we need to find new ways to score, whether that's different players to score through, whether it's just the way we are moving the ball, the way we're working around the ground. It's, it was a big issue when we were as bad as we were this season, when we got to bottom four. It definitely mm. got turned around, but clearly there are still, I guess, elements of it, percentages that can still increase for us to be go from you know the, the third best team this year to being the first best. It feels like there's still yeah. a little bit of a gap. I don't know if you felt like this, but and like I said, I haven't watched the game back. It felt like any time we went inside 50 and the ball hit the ground, Brisbane were, had it. Mm, yeah. And it was like Motlop, Fogg, Cotters, like Martin. I was like, where, like, how are we never being the one, the first ones to get the ball when the ball hits the ground? So that's like, a, I guess, a, a question. Like, obviously, I always wasn't playing in Cunners, but is someone going to take like an extra step next year mm. and be... I don't know, just a more dominant, small, mid-sized guy. I don't mm. know. Still feels like something we lack in. Obviously, a lot of criticism's gone, you know, Charlie's way throughout this. And probably yeah. the one thing I'll happily critique is, and it's something that I think goes hand in hand with players not probably being at the fall of the ball when we needed it to, when we mm-hmm. needed them to be, was just I thought a lot of our forwards were playing behind too much when we did have those entries inside 50 felt like we were caught behind i don't know if there was just miscommunication of where they were wanting the ball to be and and that's maybe the element that we're alluding to here but too many times brisbane caught us because they were first to the football and you're going charlie you need to be leading at the football you need to be in front You you shouldn't be in the position you are and i think that cost us a few times when we were probably against the run of play just needing a mark in our forward half yeah. Just weren't really there, and and Brisbane defensively set up so so well, and we really struggled to get a lot going in that sense. But yeah, I, I think that forward cohesion and probably finding another small that can take that step. Is it Motlop with another season? Is it Durden? Is it a Martin totally the can. whole time? It could be on our list, and when yep get through the list analysis and everything that we'll be doing in the off season, that's where those conversations can really start. But I yep. think it is clear that there is still an element that that isn't there. Um, was there any other, yeah. I guess, key components you saw of this game that was where we lost it? You don't necessarily have to have the answer of how we fix it for next season. <laughs> I won't make you have to answer that one, but just any other elements that you you saw as negatives that we do still need to work on to to become the grand finalists mm. in twenty twenty four. I guess you can just go, you can go line by line, can't you? I mean, I struggle so much and if you've got some clarity please do mark pitternet is the man that i 
struggles so much to judge how effective mm. he is and how important he is to the team. Like Vossi obviously talks about it all the time. This is the combination that he's wanted to do this mm. season with both of them in there. I just cannot work it out because there was plenty of times in this game where I was like, that was nice. That was a good little thing that you did there. But thinking about us being a premiership team next year, I'm not, I'm still not convinced mm. that it's those two and it's not TDK and Sauce. Yeah, I thought, I kind of agree. I can't remember if it was the second or third quarter off by heart. There was that moment where De Koning goes off for a long extended period due to the, the knock he sort of copped in the side. Yep. Pitonet has to basically be the main ruck. And I really mm-hmm. felt a big shift in momentum, particularly mm-hmm. in our midfield and ability to win the contest when that happened. And I was crying out being like, can we just, what? I hope TDK can yep. come back. Because we're all of a sudden, you know, the big O's killing us in the ruck. We're not getting hands on the football and Brisbane are running all over us. And it just, unfortunately, in this game, it felt as if all the little things that we've mentioned this year, that if you were to say the the, the worst thing I know. of us, it was kind of shown and played out in this of there's still a little bit of an issue with our rucks. That second ruck behind De Koning, who I thought played decently well again this week yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. There. and uh, it's everything yep. else around the ground there's a lot of times with Pitt and I don't want to just single him out but there's just a lot of times and moments on the ground where I don't know if he just isn't a hundred percent fit I'm not sure exactly what it is but there's just a lack of chasing and endeavor to chase I see him walking around the yep. contest far too often where just at least show me that you are trying because you probably are, but it just didn't come across that way, particularly when trying to put on some defensive pressure, but that definitely Mm -hmm. didn't help our midfield. And I think that was the other area that kind of let us down when we stopped winning the contest, when we weren't able to get it done our way that we have been able to for this whole massive run in the second half of the season, it it maybe felt like we just didn't have, I don't know if it's that next extra gear or that little bit of creativity much like the forward line, do we just lack like one more midfielder to change things? Walsh yeah. was incredible, like it. but it didn't feel like anyone else was able to go with him. Feels like that mid forward that we maybe thought Cunningham could be still, who knows if he gets a sure. full preseason, but that feels like the position everyone's now crying out for in the off season based off this one game and a bit of this season is that yeah. something you think our midfield kind of misses and where Brisbane sort of took advantage of us not having that yeah. extra cog to turn to? I think so. I think so. Uh, it, it's so hard because, yeah, we've it's been such a long season. We're so – a number of guys have batted. Like Doc mm. is a guy that was, you know, played a whole a whole bunch of midfield throughout the our winning run. Um, who we we love that he provides something different in there. Um, yeah, it's funny. Walsh and Cherik can can still get better mm. next season. Obviously, Cripps was not, you know, able to perform to his full potential in this game. Um, uh, that that's what I mean. That's the reason why Pitonet was one that comes to mind was because mm. pretty much every player that played is around. I'm like. Yeah, like I can see it. I can see mm. how 
you could be in our premiership side. It's the rucks where it's really obvious. So part of me is like, I, I do think that this midfield setup can go all the way, but if I'm going to target somewhere, mm. I think it is that it is a, a mid forward guy. Mm. It's tough because I think you can easily just look at this one game and say that that's what we need because that the midfield is potentially where we did lose this game for, for long stretches. Mm. The other side of me kind of thinks like, is this just because we were so battered because we were so gassed because of having to play 10 elimination finals just to get into the final series in the first place. And then you have two massive games, Sydney and Melbourne. How much did these boys have left in the tank? You've got so many like Doc Akers, Crips that they're kind of some of your main guys in the middle that can change the game for you. If they're battered and bruised, is that like an element that costs you in these games when you need to be 100% mm. when the game steps up a level? If you're not 100% fit, if you're carrying something, does that break away? Because we've seen it in every other game when we're maybe a little healthier with the guys at least on the field. The midfield mm. wasn't an issue. We were able to go with anyone, different types of midfields. Do you think it's more we're missing a style of player or it was just tightness? If you could lay it down on one. I I think it's, oh, well, you can, you can improve. You can always improve. You can always like, you know, mm. there's always a different guy that we could be bringing in. So yeah, I think the tight, mm. I think the fatigue is a, is a massive part of it. Mm. Like, yeah, man, some of the, I don't know how, how Blake has got through mm. all of this. Yeah. It seemed like every contest, it was like, how did he, mm. how did he win that one? Like, mm. it, it just, it just shouldn't have been. He just shouldn't have. But, you know, as with any, any loss of ours, I feel like you, it's, you mm. look at like the bottom six or seven guys and it's like, ah, like, where was that Sydney game from Cottrell mm. today? And, and and they're the guys where you you think about it. it's like okay well if we just got a better performance out of this guy well maybe that's an extra goal or two and yeah so mm. but the you know the the future is so bright for next season mm. because there's so oh. many guys that didn't even enter the field in this game where it's like yeah I can see them easily cracking into this team why not Zach Williams is going to come back he's your midfielder mate yeah who you knows. Know that? What we recruited him for, who knows what could happen with Big Zach. And it's such an interesting thing. I think there's definitely, it was a worry to an extent going into this final series, definitely this game of, you know, Michael Voss, he's still incredibly, I guess, inexperienced, particularly in these big moments, this coaching group. Do they have that now to when it's not going your way, do we have a lever we can pull? Do we have, is it a player? What, you obviously don't want to go too far away from your game plan and what you're needing, but you need to tinker little things. And at quarter time, I knew Fagan was going to be able to change things and they were going to give their best effort. And how yeah. we were going to react was going to decide whether we were good enough to do it. Ultimately, we weren't able to get over the line. I think there is still a little bit in the coaching sphere that maybe we need to find another way when things aren't working, but it's so hard to begrudge them when look at what we were able to do to get to this point. Everything I'm questioning and we're both questioning out of this game, which is very fair. We're reviewing it in isolation. Exactly. 
it's what we've been able to overcome to get to this position. So it feels so weird to go harsh on it when the answers to all these questions, it feels like we did answer them to, to get to this point. It's such a weird contrast. And when we were contri- uh, sorry critiquing these things three months ago, it was like, how do we just win any game? Like, how do yes. we improve things to just win a game? Right now we're saying, mm. what, what do we need to tinker with to win the entire thing mm. and be the best team in the whole league? Like, we're, we're mm. close. We're close. Because mm. I thought a couple of things that maybe hurt us was that we were rolling, I think it was Doherty for a, a fair chunk of the game. He was playing a bit more half forward. We're rolling him up yes. to the stoppage, which I didn't mind to try and win the contest. But that started to hurt us when Coleman was left by himself and he torched us throughout the game. I don't really feel as if we altered things to get it back on our terms in that matchup in that way. Mm. That was probably a disappointment. Um, yeah, sure. that was probably my like my main issue. And then like, did, did you at any stage, should mm. we have switched maybe a Charlie and Harry around a little bit more and said, hey, Charlie, you're not getting into the game as much as we'd like <laughs> as that target. You're getting... There's four on one half the time. Yeah. We'll let Harry go deep because he's clunking them, playing really well. And we'll let Charlie move up the ground, get a bit of confidence. We know he's such a good user of the football inside 50. Surprise me, we maybe didn't pull that lever at some stage. Yeah. But again, like Vossi's probably also just trying to back in what's got him this far. And I can't really Cohesion. completely blame him for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm so with you 100%. It's these things are easy to point out in hindsight and mm. suggest all the things that could have been done different. But yeah, you could say to all these things, he's backed in what got us to this point and a, a hell of a, a hell of a lot of the time mm. it has worked out. And it just didn't in this yeah. one. Yeah. And there's it's been funny. so much Charlie's improvement. A, I was just going to say with, with Charlie, I mean, yeah, I don't know how much you want to delve into that. Like, would, would you say that you felt Charlie's performance in these finals is more about the way that he kind of went about things or the way that we, that as a team, like did we as a team not enable him to be his best or would you put it more mm. on him? See, personally, I would say it's 70-30 with 70% being the team, 30% being Charlie. I think there's elements right. of his game and maybe the, I don't want to say his competitiveness. That's That's probably not the right word, but just because of him not seemingly being at the front of it, it, the amount of times throughout this final series, his opponent, even almost one-on-one at stages, has been the guy in front. He has not been competing mm. in the air. I, I remember against Melbourne, there's a few times that May sort of takes it, takes the mark, and he wasn't really competing. Now, is there an element of he's been overworked so much by three or four guys that he just doesn't have that energy? But Again, I think so much of it is just that we weren't able to target him well. The ball inside 50 wasn't as good as it has been. I think some of that also comes down to the pressure that's on our players, and we haven't had that finals-type experience. You have your game plan. You know how you want to move the ball, but that all all of a sudden changes when you're under a lot more pressure than you probably have ever been in, and how you react to that's always difficult. Is is that kind of how you see Mm. the, the Charlie debate playing out yeah pretty similar i I, i'd probably say 50 50 i I just felt there was just so many moments where his individual efforts it was like that that just didn't Mm. feel like him 
Just didn't yeah. feel like him. Felt like that in the Sydney game. And it was like, well, he'll get better for the mm. Melbourne game. Didn't happen. And then not for this one. So, yeah. But I, I guess I put it out there. You never know. If he's carrying an injury like so many of the guys are. Mm. And he's played every game now for two seasons in a row. Is that mm. right? I think. Yeah. So, he's played that- almost 50 games mm. in a row after missing all those years. So, I, I can't blame him. But, I don't know. I just, you know. Mm. An imp- yeah. improvement from him next year would make a massive difference too. Oh, I definitely agree. You, you Sometimes in finals, you need your star players just to have that moment of individual brilliance. I know so much of this season mm. and what's happened in such a, a good way for us has been stop relying on the individuals, become mm-hmm. more of a team. But those big moments, you need your stars to step up and we probably didn't have that from our key players. Um, but I believe that they're, they're yeah. going to be so motivated and, and keen to to right any wrongs that oh, are potentially yeah. out there and is a common medalist for a reason. We all back him in. We know he's going to have a massive year next year. But yes, sir. let's talk a bit about that finals experience because I've got to ask the question, do you think our lack of finals experience compared to Brisbane, who they've played the last five finals series, series I don't know how to use that plural, yep. In a row, they've played them, and three of those, in three of those final series, they have made the prelim. So, mm-hmm. incredible amount of experience from these guys. Do you think that played a, a big part in the loss, knowing that we've played two finals, they've played five years of it? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'd say big part. I de- without a doubt played a part, though. Mm. Has to. I mean, every player that's that's played in finals talks about how different it is, and um. Yeah. So without a doubt, I mean, I, I think the biggest part is just that Brisbane are, like I said, I think the best team in the league mm. this year, and they had a week off. Like they're they're those kind mm. of built in elements. Um. But the the finals experience, I think, has to be part of it. Mm, no, oh, I think I genuinely agree so much with you. Where it's not the whole part because finals experience and big moment, I guess, experience didn't seem to matter in a crunch game against Sydney and even closer game against Melbourne. So you can't all of a sudden just say, oh, we lost because we didn't have the finals experience. We didn't know how to win the close one. But there is obviously an element of that. And I think now the good thing is that we know the pressure, we know what it takes. But I do agree with you with the fact that they had the rest. They had the week off. They didn't play a massive grueling final against Port. They were able to kind of win that a little bit easier. It's a good and point too. Yep. Yeah, they've got that maybe little bit more experience in the clutch moment, but I think it's maybe a bit more motivation for them as well. They had lost three prelims. Their group was so hungry to make that grand final. They knew oh, when yeah. they went into the into the huddle at quarter time that they can't let one more moment slip. It's another home prelim. They need to make the grand final. They've, they've had good football all year. That and being a bit fresher, I think definitely plays a part. Uh, but the good positive is that we've got a bit more finals experience and we kind of know what the benchmark is now, which is definitely a good thing. Yeah, well said. And yeah, and like and like you touched on earlier, it's not just the players either. Like Fagan and his team have been here before and, and for Vossi, it's it's new as a coach. So mm. yeah, God, this is just so good for us for the future. Mm. So I guess let's go to the positives. What 
in a positive light, can we kind of take away from this game? What are the kind of learnings that you think oh. we can take to gear us up towards a big grand final win next year? Wow, learnings. That's a really interesting way to put it. I'd love to hear yours while I while I sit on it. Because mm. I think there's so many positives that I already knew were good about this mm. team, but I'm not sure what positives I'd take from the game mm. per se that are new. Yeah. it's. I don't know if they're necessarily new but the the big one was just and um i'm also probably encapsulating the whole final series in this not just the brisbane game but like i just touched on i think the fact that we've got finals experience now into this list and they have finals winning experience as well in those close games that positivity is going to go such a long way with these boys and to not get battered in the prelim away from home to be so close in that game, so close from a grand final without getting embarrassed. Again, I think that this is such positive things for us to know what it does take. And also out of this game, like we've touched on, I think we kind of know a bit more of our deficiencies now. And you can kind of take away and solidify, okay, these were things we thought sort of thought throughout the year. They definitely came to play when it mattered. So we know what we need to improve on now. It's a little bit clearer how to take that next step. I reckon is probably that positive yep. out of it. Yep. I, I like how you said that. I think it, it'll be interesting to see, like, oh, God, I'd love to, again, mm. be in the four walls and, and hear how the, the players are kind of debriefing on the season. But it'll be an interesting frame for next year that 13 wins is not going to cut it if we want to win yeah. the flag. Like, like you said before, us finishing top four is, you know, and if we can mm. finish top two, um, would just make a massive difference. And I'm sure all the boys would have loved to have been able to have a week between the Melbourne mm. game and and this one. So, you know, <laughs> it's it goes without saying that we can't have another stretch like we did this year, next year, where we just lose everything and then have to win every game to make finals. So, you know, it'll be fascinating to see how mm. the next year um, kind of pans out, whether we're a bit more consistent throughout the whole year or, you know, how that goes. Mm. That was my other big note. It was literally secure finals earlier and, and the importance of top four. Like yeah. you mentioned, because if, if one of the things where, and I'm not saying like it's an excuse or we're trying to blame it, it was just, it was a, a fact and a, a factor in this final series and, and this back end of the season that, we're battling so many sore bodies throughout. Cripper's carrying something, Doc, Acres, and I think Cripper even more so because we had Walsh not playing. We didn't have Chera for elements. He's having to yep. carry the load so much more. And when every out. game, when every game was must win, just to get to that stage, you're having to expel so much more energy. Brisbane in the tail end of their season are maybe allowed to manage the squad a little bit more, manage the bodies. Then you get the yep. top four. So you get to win, play one game, win it, get the week off. It's insane what that freshness does to you and the little luck, I guess, with injuries late in the season. The fresher you are, the better you are, the way you've been able to manage throughout the season. I think that just clearly plays a massive part because the boys looked and felt spent throughout that game. Like they, they still fought to the end, which I think was a massive, massive positive. Even with yeah. three minutes to go oh, yeah. until I think it was Lincoln McCarthy kicks the sealer. Like there was still a chance that we go down, kick one, and it's game on. That is massive oh, no. for me that we were still in this contest and they never really 
gave up massive positive, but if we were just a little bit fresher, if we were able to manage the season, uh, I think that's the big thing for next year, secure finals early and be able to, and and then, sorry, just to, to keep going here, but no, I love it. It just love made it. me think as well. Does that maybe allow you like, and I know Collingwood maybe didn't intend this in their last few weeks because of some injuries, but you can start to tinker a little bit. You don't want to tinker too much and, mm. and go too far away from the stability and, and cohesion, but you know, you start to play another player in a different position or try a different role and see if you can unearth a couple of levers going into the finals like they maybe did mm. with like a Jeremy Howe forward. Like, is that something, you know, can, is there a play sure. that we have that because we maybe don't need to win five out of the last five, you can try mm-hmm. something different and then use that in finals. Are these the little things that Brisbane yeah. were able to do that then give them a bit of a better chance in finals. It's it's something to think like about, that. definitely. Gosh, I know if you and I were at the coach's helm, we would be doing a bloody <laughs> stack of tinkering. There's so many guys where I'm like, oh, I wonder if they could mm. do a role like that. Um, so I hope I hope we see a lot of that next season. Like there's so much potential mm. in, in this list and guys that, yeah, haven't been tried in a lot of different roles mm. and guys that have grown since they've been in um, particular circumstances. So... Yeah. Oh, gee whiz, <laughs> mate. Um, I'm scared already for when we're previewing next season. Uh, in a few months' time, we're going to be struggling to keep a lid on it. I'm sure. One hundred percent. Did you have any other? And it maybe doesn't have to be these learnings, but just some, whether it's an individual or just other positives that you can mm. maybe take out from this game or from the final series. I think. Um, again. It, it's like where we've spoke about the things that we, we knew mm. could be our weaknesses. Uh, and the thing that we knew would be a strength is like the defense. It's yeah. just still just have so much faith in, in our defense. And, you know, Boydie came in for his first game in so long and just did so many nice things. Just, I know he's one of your favorite boys and, mm. um, so, yeah, I think that the defense is something that we know that we've got the right kind of system defensively now that we can keep working on. And and I think the personnel as well. Mm-hmm. Not saying that those seven guys are necessarily going to be our best for next year. Like, Chincotta had some moments in mm-hmm. the finals. It thought, you know, it looked like he was getting kind of tired as the season went on. But, like, the defense, like, particularly in that first quarter, it was like, oh, my God, are they going to do this all game? Are they just mm-hmm. not going to allow Anything to go through them? Yeah, Vossi, he seems to, particularly throughout this year, really emphasize that this team and this game plan is built around that defense. That was the the big, it was a weird thing. I think it might have been after the Essendon game where they were talking about our inability to score and and move the ball. And he was saying, no, like, um, I know what the problem is. I know what we need to focus on. It's defense. And that sort of caught us a little all off guard. But it does seem like that is the best part of this team. It seems so stable. Feels like a position we have a lot of depth and versatility in, even this game. Yep. You know, we, we drop a Kemp, bring in a Boyd for a bit more speed and pace on the ground. There's different things we can do with it. You trust so many of them, and it does yes. sort of allow us that amazing base. It's probably just the rest that we need to add a few more strings to our bow, whether it's a, another player running through the midfield, whether it's something yep. else in our forward line to add to it. The defense is perfect. 
It's just kind of those other elements where yeah. there's just one or two things that we maybe need to to build on. But I think one of those that's going to be like very it. positive for next year is just, mate, Walshy with a preseason. The fact he has done this oh, and had this year already having an injury throughout the year anyway, the back half, you start to think, oh, God, what's going to happen when he does come back? Is he just not 100% conditioned? <laughs> For him to have the final series he has and dominate in the way he has, now have the experience in the big moments. You said Brownlow then. It, genuinely, this guy with a full preseason is just going to be electric. It's, it's insane yeah. to think about. Maybe that's the extra thing we need in the midfield. Just Sammy Walsh. <laughs> So easy to forget how young he is and inexperienced. And yeah, he, he definitely is mm. the poster boy for someone that now has got finals experience under their belt. And yeah, like mm. you said, a proper preseason. Jesus Christ, it's going to be good. Yeah, no, my, my last one, my last big positive was really just Harry's game. And yeah, I'm a little upset that neither of us, we have had the time to record the match build-up show because what was big was Ian's <laughs> prediction in the final series. It seemed like I was able to predict anything that was coming up. I had the Cripper goal, I had the Walsh goal, and that look, there's no proper evidence of this. The only people oh, you can ask I to get this it was coming. I knew would this be was coming. everyone in the room watching the finals with us before the game. I said this, and so fair enough. People might not believe me. Get living here. Get living here right now, Ian. What would have been my what do you want to see? My prediction was that, and I didn't know how it was going to happen. I wasn't willing to say it was four goals. I wasn't willing to say it was pressure. It was the match-winning mark, but it was just Harry silences the critics. He comes out and has that finals performance we all expected. And when he was able to do it, I think, in that game, that just put a massive smile on my face that, Totally. One, I'd kind of had that in my brain already. And so I just boost the ego first and foremost. But then to know what Harry had been going through into this game, I think that was massive to see him clunk yeah. them, to put them through under the pressure. And I, I wanted to bring this up on the podcast because I'm kind of sick of the rhetoric I'm hearing from people about Harry. Like, I'm putting oh this on God, record. Yeah. I'm putting this on record. This is my this like rant. Good for it is you can really kind of find out who understands football and who doesn't from their opinion on Harry Mackay. Love it. No offense to some of the people I interact with at work and in the world, but they mention Harry Mackay and you get things like, Oh, he's overrated. Harry Mackay shit. And you hear this and you're like, you just, I think it is absolutely fair and it is acceptable to say Harry Mackay He's struggling with his goal kicking. There is something going on with him right now mentally that just isn't there. But you can't say he's shit at football. You can't say he's not clunking them. His work rate around the ground, his positioning, his pressure, all of that's still there. And if if he was on the open market right now, mate, every single club in the AFL would be dying to get Harry into their team. It just annoys me the criticism he gets for the meme value of him missing a really easy goal. Because guess yep. what? No one's talking about how he was the best key forward that played from either team in this game. You hear nothing of it. And that's just so frustrating. Love it. But it's great just to see Harry back out there and the blue bag is getting around him. Very, very well said. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, I feel like it's either, like you said, you just don't know football or you don't watch Carlton and you pretend. Mm. You're pretending that you do. 
you, yeah. you pretend that you know what's going on when you actually don't watch these games and and see all the things that he did. Even when he wasn't kicking the goals. Mm. Um, yeah, he was definitely before the game. I was like, if there's anyone that I want to stand up today, it's it's got to be him. Um, mm. So good on him. Yeah, big confidence going into next season for sure. Um, there's only a couple of key points I want to touch on before we wrap this up. And and one of cool. them we've, we've talked a little bit about. Um, so there's a couple of questions in this. Um, really just around yep. team changes that you alluded to earlier. Yes. It was a big talking point pre-game, definitely post-game as well. We had Boyd coming in for Kemp, who was probably quite stiff to make way. And then arguably our best, probably small forward throughout the year, even though he maybe didn't have the greatest final series, mm-hmm. Matty always also dropped. What did you, I guess, make of yeah. those team changes? Do you think we made the right calls? And, and if not, what changes if any, do you think could have maybe made a difference on the day? Yeah. Well, firstly, I'll I'll continue to to back the club and say that uh, I think they did make the right calls, even though it was definitely unexpected, uh, particularly the two omissions that you mentioned. Um, and it, it's just so easy to have, you know, the perfect hindsight in this mm. situation and look at all the possibilities. But without a doubt, there was a lot of things they could have done that weren't this. Um the Kemp one surprised me heaps. The always one surprised me somewhat. Mm. Um, Cunningham definitely would have been an omission for me as well. But yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Like, yeah, what, what if it was you? What would have been? What would have been different? When they made the changes, I. I was firstly, I was a little bit shocked with Kemp. I was like, oh wow, I didn't expect Definitely him to him to be dropped. But it all kind of made a lot of sense when you sort of looked at the rationale behind it. Okay, mm-hmm. Brisbane's not that tall in defense compared to the two teams we have played. Kemp kind of got killed last week by Smith. He kicked three goals on him, hasn't been playing amazing. Marchbank has been the one out of the two yep. that's really stepped up. We need a bit more height. And Marchbank was huge on the night. Again, he's really stamping his authority for a new mm-hmm. contract and to be in our best 22 to start next year with his form. Great to see from man who's battled a lot. Um, yep. And then you get bring Boyd in, who then plays an absolute ripper game, able to use the ball outside of into the D50, moving the ball up, which is something we still struggled with. But... I think you probably would have been worse off if you didn't have Boyd in there trying to make things happen. And then in the yeah. forward line, it's probably the toughest one. Martin has to come in. Harry has to as well. Oh, it's you know, Cunningham moves out. There still felt like there was a little bit of a mid-forward connection loss. There was a small forward loss somewhere. But yep. I don't know. It's so easy in hindsight. It's so easy. It worked well in the first quarter. Felt like it was the right move with always not really impacting. You get enough pressure from your Martin, your Fogarty, your Motlop. But at times, maybe we were calling out for a Matty Owies in that game. But it's, again, when you look at his last two games yeah. and you're going off form, it's not as if he was kicking four goals every single game and dominating. So it's hard to really look no. back in hindsight and say, we should have done this, should have done that. Probably the only thing is maybe looking more towards the underdone players, which is my maybe other question too. Do you think we maybe carried too many of these injured players in? You had guys like Cripper battling, Doherty, Akers, and I maybe want to highlight Doc because you sort of moved him more to that half-forward role rather than the wing. 
brought Hollands in to cover that move. Do you think that mm. we sort of went away from what worked because we were dealing with the injuries? Do you think that was a, a, an issue with this game? It's possible. Um, yeah. I, when you lose any game, I think the selection team are damned if they do and damned if they don't. Mm. Like if we, if they if they took Doherty out when he could have played and, you know, with a bit of a different role, like mm. you mentioned, and then we lost, it's like, well, why didn't we just play our best players in the big mm. games? So it's so easy in hindsight. And and on the Kemp thing, because I was, you know, looking into it after it happened, because I was like, oh, this is quite surprising. And last time we played them, which a game that we all remember very well, mm. we did play with the four kind of talls. Um, and Gunston was even playing yeah. in that game. And we got still killed on the ground. It was Cameron kicked four and Bailey kicked four. Mm. So if it imagine if we went into this game with the four tools and they've got one tall even less than this game where the smalls <laughs> torched us. That would yeah. be you know, that doesn't mm. make any sense either. No, and and look, you look at the names that are carrying some injuries, I get it, but you'd be a fool not to play all of those boys. Like you're not yeah. dropping Doc. You're not like even Doc with like one arm is probably better than a, a lot of the others. And it kind of goes that. <laughs> I'm gonna name the name then. I wasn't, but <laughs> it wasn't Jesus, as <laughs> burying someone. Uh, no, SPS doesn't play yeah. for us anymore, so we can't give him that. You know, <laughs> drive by anymore. Not even on an AFL list. Sorry, mate. Apologies. Uh, one last time for good. What memories. an unexpected drive by. <laughs> Had to, uh, but like yeah. it wasn't as if. A lot of the fringe players in this were playing ridiculously at that moment. They didn't have the form to single out a guy like a Cunningham, who was probably maybe that guy that you could have put in to help that mid-forward connection. Yeah, just wasn't playing the best football at that stage. And I understand what they went for. You looked at Hollands when he came on against Melbourne. All of a sudden, he's bringing energy. He's taking the game on and... It allowed a bit more versatility. And in the first quarter, Cottrell, again, in that half-forward role, looked really good, kicks the first goal of the game, and parts mm-hmm. were working. So I don't really begrudge the selection for the injury Neither. injured players or, or the moves they made. I think they made sense, and it just kind of is what we touched on. We need guys to be fit. We can't be having to win every single game for 10 in a row just to make finals. It's just not a recipe for success. And it's a credit that we got to where we did. And ultimately, it probably played a bit of a part in us not being at our 100% best to to get over the line, which is is always tough. Yeah, 100% right. Uh, Everything has to go right for it Mm. to all come together. And it almost did. And it's going to next year. 100%. 100%. I've got one last question, one last topic before we do our votes. Do it. Which will be the last votes for the season. We won't give away the winner. That will be in the season review. You'll have to wait for that one where we go back over predictions. It'll be a lot of fun. But, and then maybe this is a bit of a, a palate, um, not palate cleanser, but it's sort of getting you, getting you ready, getting your taste buds Ooh. ready for the season review. Entree. Yes, that's probably the word I was looking sure. for. The appetizer. Oh, I like it. I like it. Because you brought up a really good point in, I believe it was the Melbourne match review, talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about how good the wins were, that game in the Sydney game, how we're all feeling. And you mentioned that like, are these going to be those games that we look back on with super yeah. fond memories or will the way that our season ends 
make us maybe look a bit more negatively towards these. Cause if you get into the grand final, maybe you lose it by a point. It's a disaster of an end of a season. You didn't mm. maybe have that optimism to finish the year. Does that ruin the Melbourne game? Does it ruin the Sydney one? <laughs> so I got to ask you the question now that we know how Love our it. season finished, how that Brisbane game ended, does that change your feelings and your, maybe your memories and how you'll look back on those two finals wins? I mean, I think if anything, it it makes them in, in even more of a positive light. Mm. I think, I think part of it when we were kind of breaking these those wins down, it was like, you know, we spoke about how the Richmond final is so clear in our minds, and you know, because it's so few and far between, how many good games like that we've been able to witness. And I'm like, are these, yeah, are these games going to kind of get lost in years ahead mm. when we're just winning heaps of finals year after year and. My feeling right now is I don't think so. I think all of these games, we're going to remember them all super clearly. Um, They all have their own storyline and narrative attached to them. Um, And so losing this Brisbane one definitely doesn't change my feelings about them. I'm going to remember this Brisbane game as, remember that year, like the first year that we finally announced ourselves and we had a couple of super close, hard games. Brisbane had the week off. And we jumped out of the gates, kicked the first five. How good was it? And then they were too good for us in the end. Mm. I think that's how I'm going to remember it. And and that's going to be a good memory of this game in, you know, in the long term as part of this journey. No, I love that outlook a lot. I mean, let me know if you if you're listening, watching to this, your sort of reflections, your feelings towards this. What is it going to mean going forward? Because I I tend to really agree with you. You got sort of two ways. I think you can look at it, which is either to predict ahead, all of a sudden we, we don't play finals for another 10 years and these two finals sure. wins are reflected upon in such a good light because it was the only memories that we had that were positive in finals or we go on to have good success and this was the Kickstarter. This was the first moment that, that started it all and that's what I'm hopeful that this game can be. It's such a better... It's. It's heartbreaking in a way because we were so close to a grand final and it's been so long since 1999. We are both three years old since the last time we played Crazy. a prelim. They're hard to get into. It doesn't guarantee you to play in one next year. It's going to be tough. A lot has to go right. We know what work needs to be done. So there's always that part of you that goes, was that our moment to have the momentum to keep going? Was it the missed opportunity? But Compared to how last year ended in such heartbreak where the optimism Mm -hmm. was surely this is the turning moment that they use this for motivation, but there was no evidence that it was based on. It was pure hope. I think this time there's the evidence. We made finals. We announced ourselves throughout the season. We showed we could get it done. The only mental demon now is probably that we still haven't beaten Brisbane and we haven't beaten them at the Gabba. That's the only one to cross and hopefully we get that done next year. But I think there's so much more tangible evidence and optimism going into next season. And yeah, it's not the way we wanted it to end. But God, if you told me so many stages throughout this season, would you take playing off in a prelim? 100%. Did you Love have it. any last things you wanted to say before we jump into the votes and, and wrap this episode up? I'll just say I really, as you kind of started the podcast with, I didn't know what kind of Ian I was going to get today. I didn't know whether it was going to be the level-headed optimist or whether you were going to come in with a bunch of heat and, and rip these boys a new one. So 
I'm glad we're uh, leaving the season on the same page yeah. as we as we started it. I like it. it. It's hard. It's hard not to be proud of these boys for everything they've been able to do. Dig in from where we were. It's overstated, yeah. but almost somehow understated to be bottom four in like round fifteen, make finals in the way we did. Nine out of ten wins. Win two ridiculous finals. Almost beat Brisbane in Brisbane. Battered and bruised. Incredible effort and. To finish it off, the votes, Lockie, the last votes of the season. Let's we'll be it. announcing the winner of the unnamed medal that we will make sure that there is a name. Again, oh, last minute name. names. Last minute names. We've had a few suggestions. We've loved, we've loved the input. We're going to decide on it. You'll hear it in the next episode, the season review. But if you want any last minute names, chuck them in the comments on YouTube at Navy Blue Corner at the socials. Let us know your suggestions. We're still open. We're not hundred percent decided. But we'll announce the winner. And the final votes, Lockie. I need you three, two, and one. Best on ground. We may decide a winner right here. Who did you give your votes to? S dub 18 for the three. Bog. By what far. a finals. <laughs> By far. What a finals. <sighs> it's not close, is it? Um, and then two, man, I was so impressed throughout this game. I was like, oh my God, this. You know, it felt like his mm. best game for a long, long time, which was Gov for me. I gave the 2-2. Two, two. And then it was actually, then this one, I feel like it could have gone a lot of ways. So I'm giving a bit of a, how do I put it? Uh, you know, just a good on ya vote. Probably wasn't the third best guy, yeah. but I'm, give, I'm giving Boydie a vote because mm. did so many nice things. Like there was a lot of eyes on him as like, does this guy, I don't know how many games Boydie's played in his career, but would be, would be less than 20. Um, is he the right guy to come in? And I thought he stood up um, and and showed that he can be part of a, a really good side next year too. So give him a vote. Gee, gee, incredible from you. Clutch there with the stats, mate. 16 games he has played. 16. So the yeah. man knows his stuff without having to give me the specifics, which we love. Um, no, I... I really enjoy how it feels like we do our votes. There's been a lot of contentiousness, I guess, around the votes recently in a particular brown, though, that went to a Chucky Neal, uh, which was very controversial. But we let you know our votes, and I I feel like we often use the one to really – because the one can go to so many people. And I love that both of us tend to give it to the guy that maybe shouldn't have got the one, but it's just like you, you did so much. You surprised me. You deserve a vote for what you did. I love that. I love that you went that way. Been very similar, very on brand, being almost identical this week. Walsh, obviously, with the three. Gave two, however, to Weedering. Thought he was sublime in defense. Big marks. Did a lot for us. Um, Moved the ball quite well as well. And then the one... I almost gave that almost charity vote to Harry Mackay because of what he was able to do, yeah, be that key that forward be for us. But uh, just, Gov, he was your two. I gave him the one. I just thought there's no way I could not give him votes for the what he was able to do in defense. It was the best yep. part probably of our game. In the end, you, you can't do a lot when it's coming in that hot and fast, but those guys get the votes. Let me know your votes, though, who has listened to this in the YouTube comments at Navy Blue Corner. Let me know your thoughts to everything we have covered. And look, this may signal the end of Carlton's on-field season and the reviews (sighs) for 2023. But guess what? 
There's no off-season for us. We don't stop. There's plenty of content that will happen for the Navy Blue Corner as we head towards season 2024. We've got season review episode, and, mate, we've got, we got trades to build up. We've got trades to oh. recap the draft, and there's so many fun little reflection videos to go throughout. Content will not stop here, so make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or follow wherever you listen so you don't have to search. You don't have to worry about... Mate, it's been a week. When are these idiots going to bloody post an episode? Because unfortunately, it may not be every single week like it has been throughout the season, but there's plenty of content. So make sure you follow and subscribe because that way you're never going to miss it. And also on those socials, we'll be posting when the episodes are out. Just makes it so much easier for you. One click of a button and all of a sudden, you never have to search a thing ever again. But Last thing I wanted to say while I'm babbling on is just a massive thank you to those that do listen, subscribe and follow because it's been insane seeing how many people interact with us every single week. The amount of people that listen, you know, when you start the podcast, it's kind of just because we chat and we wanted to see if anyone shares in the opinions. We kind of wanted to build a bit more around going to the footy it, it felt like you know we have a couple of mates here or there but it's so great to, mm-hmm. to go to games to have people to chat to to be on socials all the time throughout the week yeah. having incredible conversations so man the community that we're a part of that you guys have allowed us to be a part of your lives has been incredible love the season it's been an absolute ripper and i'm sure 2024 will be even bigger but that is gonna wrap this episode up up the bloody baggers See you guys next time.